Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I got plants. Woohoo! Wow. Nice. No. I was very excited. The primary is over, so I had time to go get plants that I know. I, I mean, I could have gotten plants, but like the planting them wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing sadder than buying a plant and then letting it die in its little plastic pot. Oh. What you kind know? of plants do you get? Uh, mainly food ones. Mom had picked up my herbs, so I have lots of herbs. And then I got, they didn't have any of the stuff that I normally grow. So I just sort of went for it. Like, I let uh, Charlie and Cooper pick stuff. So I'm growing That's broccoli. That's a dangerous game. <laughs> broccoli, romaine, sugar snap peas, uh, red bell peppers, and jalapenos. Ooh. Nice. So that's just what they had. So that's what I'm growing. And I lots mean, of tomatoes. I just never grow them because nobody in this house eats tomatoes. And I've done it before. And it's just like, well, now I got all these tomatoes. Well, nobody in our house eats them either. Mm-mm. So. What about so. you can make, make salsa? Yeah, people eat salsa. <laughs> yeah, but like Get the jalapenos. Yeah, you got the jalapenos too. I do have jalapeno and and cilantro. There you go. If you get I that romaine, those. let me know. I'll give it to my pigs. Yeah, I'll uh, go I, crazy for that romaine. I'm gonna plant the romaine and parsley. It's, the only problem with growing lettuce or like kale, like things like that, is that you really need a lot of plants. Yeah, because you kind of make like a salad and then that's it <laughs> like that's your summer <laughs> that's the only problem is like i have a small garden box and so that's what when cooper brought the romaine plant over i was like eh, okay <laughs> tiny tiny salads yeah so so we'll see oh and celery oh i got celery too well <laughs> I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm very plants. excited. I also got, we got a few flowers to plug in the flower box. And one of them is foxglove, which, as you know, the scientific name is digitalis. And it sounds like fingers. It was, that's yeah, it was used to make uh, digoxin, which is a medication that we use now for some patients with certain heart conditions. Wow. And now I will have it growing in my flower box. So could you just give that plant to someone and just tell them, like, chew it up? Well, your dose would be off, so you might kill them. Oh, don't oh. do that. It's I, considered a it's considered a poison in the wild. Are, are, you, are, you, are you slowly <laughs> creeping to being like the, the old medicine woman of the hills? Like, oh, let me go to my garden. I'm a doctor. I had that thought. I mean, I grow lavender... I grow like we already have that. I plugged I had one in a pot and I just plugged it in my garden box to save it for the winter or my flower box to see because they said it'll survive a hard freeze and it sure did. It's blooming and it's gotten bigger. It's really cool. And then I got chamomile. Wow. So you can you can calm people. You can you can help them help them get good sleep at night. And now I guess you can murder them. Mm-hmm. The other well and the other thing is citronella to put out for the mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. I, I was looking into getting one of those little bee boxes for my fire escape, you know, it's just like plants mm-hmm. that bees like. You just, yeah, a little gift to the bees. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what, and I don't think the bees live there. I don't think they move in. I think they just like fly by and go, nice. They do the <laughs> home. It will attract them. We have a bee balm out front for that. And they're right next to our butterfly bushes. And all of that together is very like, like the bees love, like, 
if you sort of just like brush your hand over the bush, bees fly out. Oh, <laughs> like, I don't like that. There are lots that. of bees like that you don't even see in the in those plants, and it's just like if you touch them, there's like bees. <laughs> That's a fun that surprise. Mm. When a bee flies at you, it goes bee. bee. <laughs> We've had to have a lot of talks in our house recently about why we're not afraid of bees. But if you do see a hornet or a wasp, stay yeah. away. Like, I've shown them diagrams <laughs> of the different. Okay. Here, here are all your various flying friends in that you're going to see outside this summer. Because I don't want them to be afraid of bees, but I also don't want that to cross over to, like, them approaching a hornet or a wasp. See, this makes sense okay. because we were out by the pool and there was a hornet. And I was like, oh, no, mom, there's a hornet. And it was just me, mom, and Cooper. And Cooper said, it's a bee. <laughs> we had to be like, well, um, I, I no, but like, yeah. I mean, like, I get what you're getting at, mm-hmm. but not in the way that we want to be its friend. She was like, it's a bee. I well, love the bees. I, it was hard to, we've always had this thing with bugs where like, we don't need to, we don't kill bugs because if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. So if you see a spider, just leave it alone. Or Charlie will help it outside. Charlie will go scoop it up and take it outside. You can't leave it alone in your house. Then it just lives there. That's fine. You got a roommate. Yeah. And well, yeah. And so it's like, just leave with bees. If you don't bother them, they won't bother you. That's that's true. That's not true with hornets and wasps. No, they'll just come sting you. Yeah. Some of those things will attack you. And so, (laughs) but like, how, how do you tell a kid that? Like some things buzz by with wings and they're friendly. Other things buzz by with wings and they will try to hurt you. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. So I showed them diagrams. <laughs> That's how I did it. I approached it scientifically. Here's some diagrams. <laughs> different. I'm an optra. I mean, they look pretty different. I think that's a good way to approach it. Mm-hmm. It's true. The yellow but jackets not, are in there, too, though. And they're those not are big and chunky and buzzy. Like bumbles. And that's yeah, yeah no, that's going to be something to stay away from. They make themselves very known. They're very yeah. big. All the other ones are like they look like the like they look like villainous characters. Yeah, and I don't, they do. I don't think if a, if a bumblebee had the intent to hurt you, it could even really accomplish that. They're a little, you know, kind of feels like they're like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, oh no, I'm so sorry. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bumblebee energy. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, they all just learned to fly today. Yeah. We're currently having an issue with caterpillars everywhere in our backyard, like everywhere, mm-hmm. which I don't really know where they're coming from because we have trees like far, like, you know, many, many feet away from our backyard. But the actual backyard is concrete without a lot of like plants and trees other than the ones we grow. They're very light. So they just like sort of <laughs> with the wind. <laughs> but they're everywhere. And every time Cooper sees one, she just wants to squat down and then start touching it. But then it's like it slowly progresses from like a pet to like a harder pet. And it's like, well, no, Cooper, no, 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 we can't, can't pet the caterpillar too hard. They're very fragile. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're working on that. She's also afraid of them, though, if they're in the pool, which I guess is understandable. They'll fly in and just kind of be like squirming along on top of the water. And like we tell kids that pools are safe. There's no living things that can hurt you in the pool. But then you turn around and there's some like squiggling across the top of the water. Like, okay, I guess that's I think that's creepy, too. That's the one place that spiders freak me out is sometimes spiders will drop in the pool and they'll kind of skitter across the water. And it's like, nope, nope. (laughs) Like, you do not belong in here. You get out of here. This is not your habitat. (laughs) We're swimming. 
<laughs> you see all that green area over there? That's all yours. This is me. <laughs> like, I eat all your bugs. I keep your house nice and pest-free. You can share your pool with me. No. <laughs> we get have- out of the pool. I'll make you a puddle over there. Get out of the pool. Let's make a tiny spider pool. <laughs> we had a big bug in our house when it was just me and mom. That was, like, probably almost six inches long and wide and had dozens of legs. It was maybe a centipede. I don't know. It didn't look like a millipede that I've seen. But I tried to find it because mm. mom and I neither one wanted to squish it or get close to it. And I saw it go somewhere. I was like, okay, let me grab, like, a paper towel or a broom or something to kind of, like, scoop it onto. And then I turned around and it was gone. And we haven't seen it since. Oh, that's fun. So it's just somewhere in the home. <laughs> that's always fun. I hate that moment. I hate when you lose track of them. <laughs> it was so big. I was like, I can't possibly lose this. It's just in the middle of the floor right there. There's not even anything to hide in. Yeah. Jack was chasing a giant roach in my apartment the other day. <laughs> and uh, he chased it under the bed. And then it, I, it, there was like a little hole in the floorboard that it went in. And he looked at me like, so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. I've done the worst thing. It's like, <laughs> your bed now. <laughs> Now it's I just failed. under there. I fell in the worst way. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. There's no good transition, I don't think. Um, From bugs to... To this... To sad, the movie. To this sad Anne Hathaway movie. Um, you picked a sad one. It's so yeah. sad. Well, okay. <laughs> Here's my. Ju- it's called One Day, in case you're wondering what we're talking about. It's from 2011. Here's my justification. When I watched this movie when I was in high school, uh-huh. it was not the kind of sad that was like, that was so sad I can never watch it again. It was the kind of sad that my friends and I would want to turn on when we were at a sleepover to like, to like have a good cry together. Like that kind of like, you, you know, unified sad. Okay. A together sad. Yeah. It, But it just feels sad. Well, it is sad. Um, <laughs> I did read the book before the movie came out. Well, actually, probably not before the movie technically came out, before I ever saw the movie. I enjoyed the book. Okay. We're going to spoil this movie. Yeah, I mean, let we me, have let to me spoil just put it. that out there. It came out 11 years ago. We're going to spoil it. Um, do you want to give a rundown of the plot? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a pretty easy, like, there's Dexter and Emma, mm-hmm. who meet when they graduate from college in 1990, no, 1988, yeah. mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Um, and it follows them on July 15th of every year, starting with 1988, and they're best friends, but then Emma loves Dexter, and then Dexter loves Emma, but then he gets married, and he has a kid, and then, you know, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, all the way through to, like... 2011 yes so yeah it just follows them on that one day every year which makes sense when you think about it being a book like every year was a chapter so and it's like a will they won't they sort of romance like very ross and rachel like well what i was thinking was when harry met sally except i would say not as funny as when harry met sally (laughs) no which is more of a rom-com yeah (laughs) It's got some. It's got some moments that it's not sad. <laughs> yes, it does have moments that it's not sad. I would not say it is overarchingly a comedic film. No. Um, <laughs> do we and just say how it ends, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah go yeah. ahead. Sign what? Right in. So they finally do get together in two thousand and three or four. 
I don't know, one of those. They finally like mm-hmm. get together and everything lines up and they get married and um and then in 2006, so they only had like two or three years where they actually were like married and together. Um <laughs> and Hathaway uh is riding her bike and gets hit by a truck. <laughs> in in like a truly um I don't even know how to describe it, it's comedic the way that they set up her getting hit by a truck because a lot of times in movies like this, you don't see it happen. It's just like you know something bad's gonna happen because the way they're like setting up, like I don't know, she's riding the bike and like someone zooms by her and mm-hmm. you know she's in a busy street. And then I feel like normally you'd like see all that happen and she'd drive away and then you'd like hear a crash yeah. and they'd show nope. her. Nope. No, she drives across like through an alley to cross a street and then just. Okay, uh, Taylor, I need to ask you a question because I don't, uh, we don't ride bikes much. But I know we don't live still, in a bikeable city, right. really. Yeah, there, this is not a bikeable place, but you live in a bikeable place. Yes. And, and you ride a bike frequently, you'd say? Yeah. Do you feel like <laughs> Anne Hathaway's character demonstrated proper bike safety when she came barreling out of that alley into the middle of a busy street. No, no, and I, I mean that that was I, I do not think I, I mean where where was she at this point? Where were they living? Were they in Paris at this point, or were they back in London? I don't know if it was Paris or London. I mean, either way, London. I think they were in London because there was a double decker bus next to her. Oh, that's right. Well, the city with a bike culture. When you bike in a big city, you are on constant high alert because even under your your best behavior. Stuff can happen. People can door you. People swerve in front of you. So it is a little surprising. But but now, don't get me wrong. I, I think, isn't there some um, uh, truth? Isn't this nonfiction in essence? So I don't. Is it nonfiction? Is it? Oh, I thought I thought I thought that the book was was based on some sort of fact. So I don't know. Accidents can happen. Maybe she was distracted because of the traffic that was behind her that was kind of complicated or or maybe that street is normally empty and she just never sees cars on it it's hard to say well this was not something i knew i don't maybe not i don't know if it's based on truth I thought there was some sort of truth to the narrative the, from the from the novel but maybe not i mean i guess it's possible um well, I mean, I, I, I I'm sure even if it was, they did not research the the a, a bike accident to understand the the um, portray the correct. It way just it looked, yeah. it looked like a meet Joe Black. Uh, thing. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Like it's this. Yes, is, I I know this is supposed to be tragic, and it is tragic, uh, but it's just shot really bluntly, and it seems kind of comedic with how just mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, like. Landscape around us, this cute little bike. It's very quaint. It's very twee. And oh my god, she's dead. Yeah, I mean, she's they also hit- had to show her. Yeah, in the street, on the ground, bloody. Yeah, why was that necessary? I guess just to make sure you knew she died. <laughs> As if it wasn't, you know, explanation enough that then the next year, like she's not there. Yeah. Um. I, well, I mean, I did keep repeating. She did. Is she dead? Is she dead? She just died? She just died? Like, I was waiting for the hospital scene or something. Is she dead? She's dead. It didn't help 
for me that she gets hit in the same way that Regina George does in Mean Girls. Oh, no. Yeah, I thought about that, too. <laughs> it's, like, filmed the exact same way, and that's obviously a comedy, so, um, yeah. It's jarring. I, yes. And I, I don't know, I know it's based off a book, so that's why it ends that way, obviously. Um, but that always, that always didn't get me, actually, as hard as at the very end of the movie... So that's like 2006, I think, that she dies. Mm -hmm. And then like five years later, he takes his daughter, who he had with his first wife before Emma, up to the big lookout area where he and Emma went the first day that they ever met. Like the first July 15th in 1988. And takes her up there and sits up there with her. That always got me harder than her actually dying. I don't know why. It's. I mean, it's incredibly sad. It is incredibly sad. Even last night watching it, I was like, "Oh man, yeah, I am gonna cry at one thirty in the morning." Yeah, I won't lie. When I got, I mean, when I got to the death scene and I realized, "Oh, she's just dead." No, this is. Oh, this is what the movie's becoming. There was a moment where I was like, "Can I just turn it off?" And I can't. It's my job. My job. I gotta watch it. <laughs> I want to turn it <laughs> off though. I gotta finish. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the movie, but you know. Yeah, I. It's always been a rough ending for me because I always think the story is told so well up until that point because it's very much like not just like a will they won't they in the sense that like circumstances don't line up and it's like oh they've they've always been in love but they just mm-hmm. can't like they both have very complex character developments that are very different but also show them both being unhappy in different ways in their lives until they're like finally mm-hmm. together and having to find like what they want before they can be together. But, you know, I, I because it's interesting. My first impulse when, when she passed away was like, oh, that's so tragic. They only had so few years together. But, like, I don't think, and I don't know. I mean, I think that's the bigger point of the movie. It's like they had each other for a significant amount of time. They were always each other's number one support system and confidants and best friends. And that's even how he describes her at the end, is that was my best friend. Like... You know, I think it's, I, I feel like it's something that I've, I've mentioned before. I have this, this frustration with how we view friendship in our society, that it's not on the same level as, oh, it's romantic now. Like, their relationship was present pretty much from the, the moment they met, you know, and important to them. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just because they, yeah you know, got together in a romantic sense at this point didn't mean that all that other stuff didn't count on the same level. Right. Did- does it bother you at all that it does fall into sort of that trope of like she died we sacrifice the female lead so that the male lead can finally fully develop into his his whatever his mature self you know what i mean i know what you mean i don't know if it it takes her dying for him to fully get there though because i mean the the character dexter like becomes this tv host for a while Mm -hmm. and then falls uh you know out of his career he's not successful anymore he struggles with addiction um he loses his mom like he has all this horrible stuff happen to him but he also becomes like not a great version of himself because he is so depressed and unsuccessful and he was successful now he's not and then they're writing mean articles about him in the news and stuff but i feel like you see him you know he opens up his little cafe Mm -hmm. and is a is a matured version of that person and is happy before 
she dies. Like yeah. it, ta- it takes a while. I feel like it's not until, and I think it's her ex Ian yeah. mm-hmm. says that to him. Like you made her happy and she made you decent or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like she made you into a decent person. Burn. Like you see him start becoming like a better version of himself once they're actually together. Yeah. That interview when he's hosting that one TV show and the interview he does with like, there's a rapper on yeah. there. Oh my God. I was watching that just like, I know this is all fake. I know everything about this is pretend, but I'm like crawling into the couch like, please stop talking. Well, because he hosts like, it's like a late night show, but it's, I I don't know. It's like a music late, is that like what MTV was? (laughs) Uh, I don't remember MTV being exactly like whatever that was supposed to be. I mean, there is music and it is. I don't know. Uh, do you remember any late night shows like that? Well, there, well, there was like dancing and music and interviews. I, don't know. I feel like that yeah. was a thing that probably existed. I didn't watch any. I don't know. This was, I mean, this is the UK as well, I guess, is yeah. where it's said. Maybe that was. Maybe it's a British thing. Yeah. I don't know. Late night lock-in. I don't know. Like sitting on the big couch and interviewing people reminded me a little bit of like the Graham Norton show. Mm-hmm. But he's not like that yeah like he actually interviews people right <laughs> he doesn't say things like you know so i don't think that's who he was supposed to be by any stretch yeah i get clips of that all the time on tiktok so i watch mm. clips of the graham norton show <laughs> oh sydney and your tiktoks it seems delightful i've never actually sat down and watched this i haven't either it, it seems great <laughs> <laughs> um I want to talk more about specifically why this show meant so much to you. Why this movie meant so much to you. But before we do that. Let's check the group message. So in addition to watching really sad movies, I've been listening to a lot of music lately while I've been busy moving out of one house, trying to pack up and get ready to move into another. When I go to the gym, when I go for a walk, all sorts of stuff. I'm pretty much always got my headphones in listening to a podcast, listening to Taylor Swift. Um, And it's been great having my music always with me and always in my ears because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. They have optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, which I know about you all, but I've had problems before with them falling, not Raycons, but other earbuds falling out of my ears, which is very unfortunate when you're on a treadmill or you're walking. It's like, oh no, now I've got to do a weird crouch down on this treadmill to pick that up. Um, But Raycon's Everyday Earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They've got that optimized gel tip fit, and they offer three sound profiles to match what you're listening to, plus noise isolation and awareness mode. So this has been helpful for me. If you choose to be immersed in the sound, you can, which I do like when I'm packing stuff up in my room, or if you need to be able to hear your surroundings, maybe you're walking home, walking in the park, you can do that as well. They also have eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, so you don't have to worry about charging them constantly, and you get the same quality audio as other premium audio audio brands, but at half the price. They look great, they fit, they're not going to fall out, make you do the awkward treadmill crouch, and uh, you get get good good life out of them, so you can take them with you and not to worry about charging them. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out Raycon, what should they do? Um, Check out raycon's wireless earbuds go to buyraycon.com slash buffering today to get 50 percent off your raycon order that's buyraycon.com slash buffering to score 50 percent off once again that's buyraycon.com slash buffering so as i mentioned i got a lot of plants to put in the ground today and they're going to grow food but not right away it's going to take a while we got a busy day ahead 
And you know what I'm not going to feel like doing? Hmm. Cooking dinner. Hmm. I do like cooking, but sometimes you just don't have time to do it. But you still want to get, you know, food on the table because you're hungry. And that's where DoorDash comes in. Uh, The great thing about DoorDash is that you can open the app. You can pick from any of your favorite local places, whatever, whatever food you're thinking, man, that would that sounds good for tonight. Uh, You just find that restaurant. You put in what you want. And it is delivered safely, contactlessly, contactlessly. Yes, I made that word Sounds a good. word. Yeah, uh, to your door. Um, it's so easy. It's uh, it's been a mainstay in our family during lots of busy times. Um, what are we going to do for lunch? What are we going to do for dinner? Uh, what if we forget something that we need from a local convenience store? It doesn't matter. All of those things, DoorDash can help you with um, by you open the app and you you pick what you want and they drop it right there at your door. Um, I can't recommend it enough because, again, you can't wait for your garden to grow. That'll take months. Yeah. You don't do that. You got a family to feed. Yeah. Exactly. My kids need to eat dinner tonight. <laughs> and uh, DoorDash has me covered. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out DoorDash, what should they do? Well, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for the first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BUFFERING. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BUFFERING. Don't forget, that's code BUFFERING for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Um, Can I ask really quickly what you all thought of Ian? (laughs) Uh... Okay, I will. I have to say, I had trouble. Like, I know what we were trying to do is he was sort of like nerdy and a little annoying at first, and then he grows on her, and so she starts dating him. Mm-hmm. I had trouble buying that. Yeah. I had trouble buying that she ever felt anything but like mild disgust <laughs> for Ian. <laughs> like, I know that he had moments where he was kind of earnest, and that's lovable. But there was so much like bad comedy bit inserted yeah. into the. You know, like, how did she get over that? Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, I, you know, when a guy says that he's a, he's a struggling comedian, that, that, that is a, it's a big, it's a big warning sign. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and like, the way they set it up is she's working at this Mexican restaurant Mm -hmm. in London because she wanted to move to this move to the city and she said something about how all of them there have like some sort of artistic aspiration or goal but this is what they're doing now so she asks him like so what do you want to do after this slash or your yeah your strike yeah what's your strike yeah um and she wants to be a writer and uh he says he wants to be a comedian um but then like she actively works to try to like write her stuff and get it published and she's working on it and he just always seems like he's just always kind of there saying he has a comedy gig somewhere that night but that's it that's all that goes yeah they did a good job of making him seem like the very not that option's not going to work out you know that's not that's not going to go anywhere (laughs) yeah which makes it too good of a job (laughs) Right. It makes it really hard to believe that she ever... Uh, they end up being together for what? Like four years or it's something a, like that? It's a long time. And it's hard. That's what was hard for me is like, I get who that guy is in the context of the film. And it's usually a guy like, I would kind of like stick up for, you know? It's kind of like... Like a Justin? Well, but Justin's actually funny. <laughs> well, I didn't mean he was like Justin. I'm saying that character. Yeah, like... 
a little nerdy uh-huh. and like unassuming, but like really earnest and like just turn around and he's right there and he's great and like, but not not Ian, not Ian, not Ian. <laughs> no, well, because I think there's there's like com- comedy people fall into like two groups and it's like I want to do comedy because I want to make people laugh and I have a funny way of looking at the world and then there's the people that's like. I just want to say horrible things and get away with it and say, I'm a comedian. And I don't know. He struck me as the second type. I don't know. He, gives he, off he, that said, he said twice that he likes wry observational. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, that's how you know someone has good observational humor like, when they say they do. When they say they do. You mean like Seinfeld or like what? <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. he has, a, I mean the the whole. I have this whole thing about men and women. I have this whole thing about cats and dogs. <laughs> also, the first like we see them on a date, and the next year they're like basically living together, but not technically. He's always staying with her. Mm-hmm. Is what like we're seeing is she. He's basically moved in with her. Um, but then the first glimpse we get of their relationship after this year after their first date is him using the bathroom. And telling her she needs to stay away from the bathroom for a while because it smells so bad. It's like they didn't give us any bit of that relationship that was, like, sweet or good to hold on to. It's like from the first time we see them actually together, she's kind of like, oh, what yeah. have I done? Well, she never seems really into him. No. Well, and that, I mean, that works both ways because we see him with lots of girls, but they the, the movie goes out of its way to make sure that we're aware, like, these girls are not. <laughs> the ones they are, they are not interesting this They're, one's personality is boobs and this one's personality is frown yeah yeah, yeah. The, the one's personality is loud yeah yeah that's it and he says that yes. many times many times she's very loud yeah and then okay as long as we're talking about his girlfriends so sylvie who he then marries and has a daughter with <laughs> We see that he, like, is all about this girl. He's meeting her family. And her family <laughs> plays a game. And I need help. Okay. Please I, this tell has to me. British people. This has to be a British. Because they say party game time. And this is what they play. And then they're putting on blindfolds and hitting each other with newspapers. They say. I, where's Moriarty? Yeah. Where are you, Moriarty? Is that right? Or something yeah it's something moriarty which i know the reference like i know who moriarty is like they're leaning across both sides of a table they're both blindfolded they're holding hands like like you're gonna do like an arm wrestling match is like how they're holding hands but then with the right hand of one of the guys they have a like rolled up newspaper and then he have to say you have to say what where are you moriarty or something like that something like that the other one says i'm here and then they swing and hit them. All I could guess is they're supposed to like move their head. So like you say you're I'm here to and they to don't duck? they don't know where you're you are, so they swing and you're trying to like avoid it. But but also like because they're holding hands, it's like you could feel them moving and every time it just ended up with Dexter getting whacked over the head by one of Sylvie's brothers. Until he clocked Sylvie. <laughs> I just don't. I, I I feel like being hit was always on the table in this game. So everybody's very uh, angry when he when he hits Sylvie. It's a it's a violent game to start. If you have a problem with violence, you should not play this game. It's a violent I mean, game. He gave her a nosebleed. Yeah, he broke the table too. <laughs> Did yeah. he break the table? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't. I don't think I realized that. Okay. Okay. Are you there, Moriarty? Is what it is. It's a parlor game in which two players at a time participate in a duel of sorts. 
Each player is blindfolded and given... Oh, each one is given a rolled-up newspaper, or anything that comes handy is not likely to injure. The players lie on their fronts, head-to-head, with about three feet of space between them, or in other versions, hold outstretched hands. The starting player says, Are you there, Moriarty? The other player, when ready, says yes. Then the start player attempts to hit the other player by swinging it over his head. And then the other player attempts to hit the starting player with his newspaper. The first player to be hit is eliminated from the game. Hey. Why is this a game? Hey, hey British people. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> what is this game? Okay, it's okay, just, let's actually. see who can whack the other one first. That's all it is. I. It's it's a, it's a ridiculous game, but I don't think we can really judge the British. Because let's be real. If this game cut on in America, Americans would love it. We just would throw out all the, that's just called whacking each other with newspapers, and we do it without blindfolds and without rules. And we just hit each yeah. other. Yeah. That's oh my just, gosh. Also, let's on. get rid of the newspapers and just punch. Okay, now we're just punching each other. Now, that's the American version. We it's just boxing. This would, this would blow up on TikTok, though. If you took yeah. a video of, like, someone playing this at a party. It would. And then, like, because it says the first person gets hit, like, is eliminated and someone else takes their place. And, like, you took a TikTok of you at a party playing this game. That would be a TikTok trend. What? I wonder. Okay. But what, like, how does it, I other than that you are saying Moriarty, why is it from Sherlock Holmes, like, you know what I mean? Like, why? I mean, I, that is, that is who that, it, that's the bad guy. From Sherlock Holmes, but why? <laughs> like, could I, it could I it be anybody? I don't know, man. I'm why, just why curious as to how that evolved. How somebody like read Sherlock and then was like, you know what, we should do? We should make up a game based on this where we hit each other with rolled up newspapers. What? I think somebody just wanted an excuse to hit each other with rolled up newspapers. That is literally yeah. this article. It's called "Your Ancestors Probably Played These Twenty Awkward Party ga- Party Games." It says this one was an excuse for kids to hate each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, I okay. Yeah, but the the in the movie he's playing against his girlfriend in front of her family. I don't know if at this point they're married or he's engaged or what, but uh, they're not married yet. Yeah, Actually, I don't even know wedding. if they're in, huh. That was before the wedding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if they're engaged. Um, but they're leaning across his table and he says okay are you ready just like to start mm-hmm. the game and she says ready as i'll ever be or something and before she can even finish saying that he just whacks her across the head with the newspaper and the way he says i'm sorry is like he's almost smiling a little bit the whole time he's saying it it's like it's, you didn't even play the game dude you just hit her it's a very weird scene yeah. like the whole scene i found so weird and i was like oh well I guess they had to... I thought that relationship was ending. Yeah. Because I hadn't yeah. seen the movie. And so I thought, well, I guess they had to end that relationship so that the main couple can get together. That's a weird way to end That's it. a weird way to end the relationship. <laughs> like, uh, what happened with Sylvie? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Are you there, Moriarty? You know how it goes. And then they call back to it when they're divorced... And he's now married to Emma uh-huh. and she drops off, Sylvie drops off their daughter for the weekend and he's like, well, you all have fun. And she's with the guy that she was having an affair with. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we're going to go visit my, my family. And he's like, okay, have fun. Bye. And the, the new husband's like, come on, Moriarty. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you're going to go play that stupid game again. <laughs> that family is really into that game. It's like a test. Hmm. Was that sort of like when dad used to challenge prospective guys to basketball games? 
I never had I don't dad. think Riley, yeah. Yeah. Riley didn't dad have to deal with that because dad was too old by then. And I didn't have to deal with that because I never had dates. Yeah, dad had already gotten two new knees by the time I was bringing people home, so he wasn't playing basketball anymore with his no. new knees. Mm. Did dad ever do that to Justin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do you think they call him hoops? Did uh, <laughs> he build, beat our dad in basketball? Let's build that legend. Yeah, he, he beat our dad in basketball. That's 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 why he's got a, a wife and kids now. It's all that. That's you know. Oh my yes. gosh, that would have been funny. He 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 built our he beat our very uh, tall and aggressive and competitive, and competitive. father yeah. in basketball. <laughs> no. was, he he went to dad to say, "I want to take your daughter's hand in marriage," and dad said, "Okay, but first things first, you got to beat me in hoops, and if you win, you not only get my daughter's hand, but you get the title hoops." It used to belong to our dad. Yeah, we used yeah. to call him hoops. Hoops senior. I, yeah. That's it was weird. It Instead of dad, I had to call him hoops. Yeah. Um, he did, you know, he did tell mom and dad he was going to propose to me. He didn't ask. He just let them know. And dad said, no. Dad said, that's <laughs> yeah, fine, but wait till she's out of med school. He thought I wouldn't finish. Can you believe that? Yeah. Like that was ever on the table. And uh, he said, uh, he was honest. He said, it'll, that'll be up to her. <laughs> Which it was up to me. Yeah. I had one summer. And I said, we got six months. Let's get this. Let's get this wedding over. With. It was up to you once he beat Dad in basketball. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that game's very weird. But also, she, he says how much he loves her. Uh, he sees Emma again like a year later. Um, they're getting married, and not him and Emma. Sylvie and Dexter are getting married, and they're at this wedding of a mutual friend. And he talks about how much he loves her and how great she is, Sylvie. Mm-hmm. But the whole time, she looks absolutely miserable mm-hmm. to be there. Yes. She just looks so unhappy um, and ends up talking to the guy that she ends up having an affair with, who is Dexter's friend. Which, I mean, to be fair, meanwhile, Dexter and Emma are up on the roof making out. Yeah. They didn't make out. It was like a friend smooch. Uh, I don't... Mm. Uh, I think if you were engaged to somebody, you would not want them doing that kind of a friend smooch. <laughs> no. A friend smooch. No, that was not a friend smooch. That was not a friend smooch. To be fair, he did call it a shotgun wedding, like, not that far away from her. Um, yeah. Because she was pregnant. So well, that, I think yeah. that's, like, that. maybe there, it wasn't the most romantic wedding. It was just, yeah. oh, well, I want to take responsibility. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I got the impression that he really did love Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we were seeing was the flip, like Sylvie never seemed that into him. Just yeah. like Emma if, never seemed that into Ian. If you, if it, and like, I think you're not supposed to pay as much attention to that. But in retrospect, if you think about it, did you ever see her look totally enchanted with this guy who like early on hit her in the face with a newspaper pretty hard? So hard it made her nose bleed. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. If you're playing that game with your fiance, don't you like hold back a little bit? <laughs> You'd think so. Well, heck, with anybody. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. especially with your fiance in front of her family. But like, it, I understand like the first two to play are the two brothers. Yeah, and so like they've got that like sibling energy where they're like, okay, this is great. Like you said, this like is like the an three excuse. of us always beat each other with newspapers. Yeah, this is yeah. an excuse for me to hit you really hard. Okay, so I get that from like the sibling thing, but like. What what other adults do you feel comfortable like? I'm gonna play this game where I beat another adult really hard with a newspaper. 
That's why I'm telling you it was a party game for adults that are old enough to drink. I feel like this would become very popular and also go downhill very quickly. It feels like something Jackass made up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just don't, I mean, I don't know. I Maybe I'm coming at this from the other, because I'm like, I think you just, I think the fault is on, if you think you're going to play the game and not maybe get hurt, that's on you, because it seems like a game designed to hurt you. Yes, this yeah. is true. Like, that's, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really need to know from our UK listeners if this is a game that, like, legit, like, adults play at parties. Yeah. I mean, I want to now. <laughs> that next time we're all together, I know this is what we're doing. At the beach. This is what we're going to do we're at the all beach playing. this yeah. summer. We're all going to be there, Moriarty. We're going to have margaritas to play. Are you there, Moriarty? It has to be. Margaritas and Moriarty. Yes. It has to be after the kids go to bed because I do not want Charlene Cooper playing this game. Cooper would They'll love be too this good at game. It. Yeah. Well, what it would be is Charlie would not feel comfortable hitting Cooper. So Charlie would be like, tap, ha, 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 like, we're just playing. And Cooper, Cooper would, would just haul off. Cooper would drop the newspaper and just punch Charlie in the face. And then Charlie would cry and it would be a whole thing. Yeah. We cannot let my children see this game. Well, you shouldn't show them this movie right now anyway. <laughs> it's pretty sad. No. They were in the room when I was watching it. Oh, man. <laughs> no, Cooper loved the blooding. Oh, I'm sure she did. Yeah, went in halfway. There was blood. Yeah. I'm sure she loved that. Blooded. <laughs> Um, I don't know why I loved this movie so much when I was in high school. Someone sh- this came out in 2011, way before I was a teen. But someone showed it to me for the first time at a high school sleepover, um, and I watched it dozens of times throughout high school after that. But I I think this is the first time I'd rewatched it in probably at least four or five years. Um, and now I think the reason I it still like feels like meaningful to me and like why it hits hard is because it's mostly about those friendships that like you have from a time when you're much younger and you both evolve into like different people as you know each other and you might go years without seeing each other or talking to each other but they're still like there and they're still that person and I think even now that means more to me thinking about watching this in high school and all the people that like I have not seen in years that I was friends with or even from before high school people I was friends with but that I know I still could talk to but I also Mm -hmm. know how different both of us have become since the last time we saw each other um obviously you know we're not like together in a romantic way like Emma and Dexter but I mean the whole point of it is their friendship it's it's that's why their romantic relationship is such a small part of it right there at the end Mm -hmm. um that's not a that's not the point of their relationship. It, it also, I mean, the title of the movie and then the final scene where they're sort of like flashing back mm-hmm. to their first day together. It's, I mean, it's about the importance of like one day as each day. Like the last day is no more important than the first day is mm-hmm. no, you know, what that day. It's about yeah. the the immediacy of the moment right. and valuing that as opposed to the whole. Yeah. And and I mean. I think that's an important message. Yeah. Still yeah. sad, but important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how they start their friendship together. She's like, well, we'll just hang out together for mm-hmm. this one day. We'll hang out. And then, you know, we never have to talk or see each other again. Mm-hmm. And then he says they'll keep in. <laughs> he asks for her phone number so they can keep in touch. And she's like, okay, here's my phone number. Here's my parents' phone number. Here's my parents' address. Here's <laughs> my dad's <laughs> fax number. My dad's fax number. <laughs> No, it's it's very sweet. And I don't know. I, you know, it is it is such a 
you know, I don't think it's about because uh, that surprised me because they wait until the end to show you that they actually kissed on that first day that they mm-hmm. hung out. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then even the I liked that the part where you find out that they actually slept together kind of happens. It doesn't happen on a day. It just kind of happens randomly after his divorce mm-hmm. and before mm-hmm. she's with somebody new. They apparently hook up. It's not really treated as like so many so much of the structure of like usual romantic movies it's like when they finally kiss or they finally sleep together like oh now it's romance now it's love and sort of flipping the script and it's like it's about recognizing how much they mean to each other and that doesn't relate at all to anything physical it's Mm -hmm. right you know yeah it was refreshing yeah this movie was received critically very poorly Mm. I, I can understand that. Yeah, it has like a thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, it, I, which seems a little low. I know it's not great, but that seems a little low to me. I, the way that it's structured, it really her her death feels um, unfair. Like in the yeah. context of the movie, it yeah. does. It instead of feeling like poignant, it feels like oh come on, really? Like yeah, and you know, I guess I can see why that works better in a book. Because yeah. that feels more like a literary device of like that, you know, mm-hmm. you're reading a book. If it's a standalone book, usually you're working up to something big that happens very close to the end. And you don't get a ton of exposition after this big thing. That's like how a lot of standalone books work um, and work well that way. So, I mean, I think that works well in a book because every year is a chapter. So this right. is just one chapter close to the end and then you get two or three or whatever of him afterwards. Um, but... Yeah, I know what you mean. In a movie, it seems very like this movie's an hour and a half long, and we've only got twenty minutes left, and she's dead. Yeah, because also it just seems like movies are much more built to be working towards that romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think it. I don't know. I mean, it the balance of like who you're supposed to root for in this movie, like Anne Hathaway's character is definitely oh she's the good one. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, she's the one that is like 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 you said she she made him decent like oh he's the scoundrel that now he has to learn from her death it's like i feel like it was a little unfair and like the dude lost his mom when he was pretty young he struggled Mm -hmm. with some pretty heavy stuff like i don't i think it was a bad guy you know he got cheated on by this one woman that he finally did love Mm -hmm. like it it seemed like there were a lot of heavy hits and it was kind of like oh this was the she was the best thing that will ever happen to you she made you decent and now she's gone yeah kind of a bit of a uh, a martyr aspect yeah. to her. No, I definitely got that sort of vibe. Yeah. But then he loves his daughter, and his daughter's his best friend now. Aww. It reminded me very much of your kids that he said, You're my best friend. And he said, Who's your best friend? She said, mm, Probably mom. <laughs> then she said, You know what you are. <laughs> Put her headphones in. I was like, All right. That's true. That's harsh. Yeah. That would definitely be Cooper. Uh, Cooper. Yeah. Um, but thank you all for watching this very sad movie. It definitely brought back many memories of watching this movie too many times. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. And I have to say, if nothing else, we have taken Are You There Moriarty from it. So that's true. We have that now. That is forever a family tradition. Yes. We are deciding that, now. that is a new family tradition that we have we have based on this film. So, yes. so now oh, that's how important it is to all of there us. There you go. It's important to all of us now. Um, when we started it, Justin said, oh, Anne Hathaway with a British accent. Uh, I can see why this got Riley right away. (laughs) (laughs) 
Although everyone talked about how bad her British accent was yeah, after like all, a lot bad. of the reviews are like, it's Anne Hathaway, so she's great, but British accent's horrible, and I don't know enough to know if it's bad or not. This is something that, that anyone uh, that, okay, if you're British, you need to know this about us as Americans. We don't know if it's bad, so yeah. we can't tell. So we, you have to let us know these things. To us, it's like, oh, lovely. I couldn't tell you <laughs> if anyone in that movie is actually British or not. I know yeah, Anne Hathaway no isn't like that's the only reason I knew hers was like she was putting on an accent. Mm-hmm. Every other person, I would have no idea. No, so just us Americans. We we have no idea. British people are better at doing American accents, generally speaking. Like the yeah. first time I I heard Hugh Laurie speak, and he wasn't House. Blew your mind. Blew my mind. <laughs> Well, what's next, Sid? Uh, next, the uh, this is a different thing. Um, the video game GoldenEye. All right. Ooh. Yeah, I thought that would be fun. Something yeah. different, a video game. You yeah. don't have to play a lot of it to get the sense. I'm sure there are YouTube videos of it. I was going to say, I think I'd have to have a very old console to play the original one. I'm sure there's ways to play it. Yeah. Um, so, before the Are You There Moriarty advent, this was the game that we all played to... <laughs> <laughs> to, to make each other angry yeah <laughs> it is pretty similar when you play um like the hand fighting only slappers only slappers only <laughs> slap 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 okay. anyway well thank you riley thank you all for sharing that film with us um you should check out it, it's sad but it's still a good film so the just, movie. It's, sad. it's sad it's sad be prepared for sad but it's still good uh yeah. one day one day uh we found it on apple TV? i found it on amazon uh, amazon you can rent it, it most places yeah um and uh thank you to maximum fun for being a wonderful network that we're a part of you should go to maximumfun.org and check out all the great shows there you can tweet at us at still buff you can email us at still buffering maximumfun.org and thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby change mine this has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. I don't think we're prepared for dad playing that game. I was just thinking about that. Dad would accidentally make someone bleed and break a table. He would. We got to be careful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely. And uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about this. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.